Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. As Chris Barsby joins us, Chris, there were a couple of horses that raced below par in New Zealand, big-named horses, but they're still pressing onto Queensland. Tell us a bit about it. Yes, yeah, Steve, again, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, the, the horse mainly in question there that you're referring to is Copy That. It was probably a career-worst performance there on Sunday, but let's keep a few things in mind. He had the outside of the second row draw. Uh, it, it's a mild race, and it was dominated by a horse that was put on the lead. So, um, you know, you can probably cut him some slack. They've done a series of tests since Sunday. Uh, nothing abnormal has come up there. So, as a result, they're going to push on. There's a big plane load of horses arriving tomorrow. Uh, not only uh, standard bred horses, Steve, but thoroughbred horses as well. And copy that's going to be amongst it. Ray Green's got uh, four horses on that flight, so we'll see the likes of uh, copy that. American Dealer, he's bringing over for the Derby as well. There's a few others. Tommy Lincoln, who was also probably a little disappointing there on Sunday as well. So they're all booked on that flight. Another big name that you're mentioning uh, is Krug. He was beaten. He wasn't uh, what did he terrible. do wrong, Chris? Well, he didn't do anything wrong. He's a cult, Steve, and I, I think he just got a little a little lazy and uh, allowed his mind to, to wander a little bit there on Sunday. He shot through along the inside behind the leader, BDJ, grabbed the front, and then just... He just switched off, so I, I think he was just a little culty there on, on, on Sunday. But uh, Crandell Giddy's uh, confirmed that he's definitely on that flight tomorrow, so we're looking forward to seeing him here for the Derby. Uh, and there'll be a few other horses there as well. I know uh, Amazing Dream, who was beaten, she was just beaten by um, the draw. I think if Natalie Rasmussen had her chance over again with that drive, she'd drive differently with Amazing Dream. She'd probably stick on the inside rather than trying to come around the entire field. So she'll be on that flight. Uh, Italian Lad's on that flight as well for the All-Stars or the... Uh, Hayden Cullen operation, and uh, there's a few other nice ones. Gold Chain's a really nice trotter that's heading over as well. So uh, it's going to be a, a very important uh, flight that uh, touches down in Brisbane tomorrow as far as our Queensland harness racing carnival is concerned, and there's a, a, a number of other horses that uh, are likely to make the trip. They're probably on one-way okay. tickets, but uh, big names are certainly coming. Jerome Newenberg is our first guest this morning, Chris. Okay, we're going to chat with Jerome Newenberg, and uh, it was a, a, a very important day for Jerome on Sunday, and he didn't really have to do much uh, because he was a big winner and he didn't have any direct involvement per se with any horses that were starting on that day. But we're going to talk more about it because he purchased Lady Ivana, or Ivana as she was known in New Zealand uh, earlier this year. Uh, he's got probably the Oaks in mind with Ivana, as she's now known in Queensland, Lady Ivana. She had her first start here last Friday night. She went down, but Steve, the most important thing about Jerome and Lady Ivana, she's a full sister, a full sister to a cooter who is the most talked about horse coming out of that meeting on Sunday from Jules Day. He was the two-year-old colt that absolutely just decimated his rivals taking out his feature. The two-year-old colt's in Gelding's pace, tick over 54, and he's probably the buzz horse of New Zealand right now. Lady Ivana is the full sister. So Jerome's got a lot to look forward to, and he joins us now. Jerome, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. I'm tipping you're on top of the world given that big day on Sunday and, and given the, the exploits of uh, Akuta because he couldn't have been any more impressive and you've got the full sister. Yeah, the full sister. Um, it's interestingly, um, I, I knew that Akuta was the, um, 
a brother when I purchased Ivana, but um, the only thing I knew was that they purchased um, a cooter for 170000 So, and I heard that it was working okay, but it hadn't started yet. So, yeah, I, I, can't, I don't want to say I hit the jackpot, but uh, it's quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me, has there been any sort of offers from any sort of agents since Sunday trying to buy your filly? Um, I haven't had any offers yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> After Sunday, I thought, oh, gee, we might have to cut her career short just to send her to the breeding farm. <laughs> is, uh, is a big knot for sale sign on her head, though, uh, Jerome? Oh, uh, I, I, I think all, with all owners, all horses are for sale. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not overly keen to sell her, but, uh, yeah... You'd think in the yearling sales, and I probably would be a seller for, you know, the, especially the Colts um, at an APG sale, for example. I, I, um, I have a feeling it would go for a fair bit um, if, yeah. uh, with a, on the breeding barn. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I still think there's a fair bit of fun left with her racing career as well. So. Well, just on that, uh, she had her first start last Friday night. She was the favourite, beaten, but far from disgrace because she was forced to work hard from a bad draw. So would I be yeah. right in saying that an Oaks campaign is, is being mapped for Lady Ivana right now? Well, I can't say that I bought her for that reason. I, I just bought her to get a, a really, really nice, that, a, a nice filly that would evolve into a nice metro mare. And if she is an Oaks sort of candidate, I'd, I'd be ecstatic. Um, I'm happy enough to just to sort of hopefully, you know, finish in a good position in, in an Oaks um, you know, in, come July, August. But um, I do feel that she is working extremely well. Grant gives me uh, rave reviews about her, but she, I think in that race on Friday, like you say, they didn't ease up at any quarter and she had all of that work to do to get to the death and then all of a sudden they um, took off again. So, yeah, she she needed the run, but um, and Grant learnt a lot from that that uh, that that first start, and uh, we'll go forward. But her, her campaign from here is, I believe, that she's nominated for Tuesday, and then she's uh, going for the uh, start in the Redcliffe Oaks, and after that, we'll we'll just see how she pans out. But I don't want to put too much pressure on all parties concerned to. Yeah, I've got moderate expectations for her, and uh, I just want to want a really nice, uh, nice metro mare down down the track, which I can which I can breed breed from. But yeah, she is working well. Okay, fair enough. What are the expectations then with Nina Simone, uh, another three-year-old filly, another filly that's got an exceptional pedigree? Are you looking at the Oaks for her, or is it just moderate uh, moderate expectations as well? I. Uh, I do have some solid uh, expectations for Nina as well. It, it, she's a different type of filly. She's quite sort of gross in her sort of physique, at the, and it's very, very difficult with her level of maturity to get her weight down. Um, so she, she, she finds it difficult to, to, to sustain a lot of really hard work. But from that perspective, if through racing in the next three or four starts, we can sort of... Uh, Get her into really uh, A1 rate, uh, fitness and condition uh, in really good condition. I wouldn't write her off as being an Oaks chance, but at the moment she may be a length or two just short of Ivana. But she does have scope, I, I believe, 
if she really, uh, you know, she, she's going to develop uh, uh, in the next three or four starts, and it, it's a, a wait and see type situation with her. Okay, well, a lot to look forward to with both Phillies, Lady Ivana, and also Nina Simone. Let's talk about Saturday night. Uh, two runners in particular on Saturday night for you with interest. LL Cool J, firstly, he goes around in race number three. He's been so good since being purchased from New Zealand. Uh, he hasn't put in a bad one yet. He's been a runner up his last two. Can he turn it around and bounce back into the winner's circle on Saturday night, Jerron? Yeah, I think uh, he's got the ability to feature in some of the, the uh, feature races in the Constellations uh, series coming up. Um, his immediate sort of targets are the Patron's Purse and potentially the Redcliffe Cup. Um, leading up to Shane taking over LL Cool J, uh, he did miss a little bit of work uh, through... Uh, uh, a foot abscess which burst out about a few days, just a few days after Shane took um, took him over and that took a little while to heal and it was a little bit tender in his first start back and to be honest it is just a touch tender now that um, I believe going forward we'll see um, you know sometimes with foot abscesses you don't know how long they've been brewing so uh, and I don't know how long his form may have been com compromised uh, by that pain that in that foot abscess. But there's a lot of uncertainties there in terms of exactly how good he is. Uh, but I do believe there are a couple, a couple of indications there that he will be a little bit better um, when he races on Saturday. OK. Now, last time out, he was beaten and beaten a nose margin. It was the barest possible behind Sammy's perfection, a horse that's won again since. So the form line has certainly been frank. I'll ask this question, and you watch the races as closely as anyone. Do you think LL Cool J actually saw Sammy's perfection on his inside that night? Um, there are various theories. I think Nathan, when he was training Cool J, I think uh, there was an element where he just wasn't hitting the, hitting the line, and we were thinking that it was just an agent fitness where, or, or. But I think at that stage, sometimes I, I, I believe that that foot abscess may have just been niggling in his head, uh, and he just wasn't hitting the line, but. Um, Certainly, I'd like to see him hit the line a little bit better uh, in the next couple of starts uh, to see if he gets that trait uh, out of his head. But uh, I, I'm, I'm leaning to thinking that it was a foot abscess that was sort of bugging him at that stage. But having said that, the, the, whole, the run was sensational, I think, because he had to make an 800-metre run three wide and the other you know sometimes a sprint lane horse can just pip you because it's just uh, so much of an advantage yeah absolutely the other runner for you on saturday night uh, he, he's such a, a a good old performer and I, I shouldn't say old because he's not an old horse but i'm talking about the trotter musculus he's been so consistent really puts in a bad one he lines up in a race 10 on saturday night he's got a 20 meter handicap but his form of late is very very good he looks like he's got a terrific winning chance here on the weekend yeah, well, he's been racing extremely well. It's harder to find a good race for him now. Being a, I think he's a band three now, which means he's always going to wear a significant handicap um, from now on. But um, I think uh, when when I gave Nathan the challenge to start driving this horse for Grant, um, the, the the idea was to drive for luck and um, 
and invariably it happens in trotters races so even if you're three back the pegs you can sort of squeeze through because he is he's tremendous at making a late dash at him and i think that's the way to drive him and um and since Nathan has adopted that approach, it's been incredibly successful. But having said that, Grant has done a, a, a super job getting him in really fine fettle. But uh, he's reaching a stage in his career now with at that handicap where it's, it, it's gonna, it is naturally going to get quite tough for him. Do you look at the Tab Constellations? There's a few good races coming up for him, a few good trotting races. So do you sort of focus on them? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, like the uh, the feature races throughout the calendar, and like we won. Luke McCarthy came up um, last summer with the um, with Arnold, and I'm all as you know, I'm very passionate about my trotters. Uh, but uh, at this stage, I, I'll, I'll wait for the next two or three starts to see if Musculus uh, shapes up uh, for that. Um, for the current Constellations Carnival. I've got great fantasy coming back. He had a bit of a mishap um, uh, a couple of months ago when he's now a month away. So I think that, that the time will be too short for a horse like that. But he does have significant ability as well. But at this stage, I don't know if I've got something really up to really the feature races in terms of the trotters at this stage. Okay. Well, you've got a lot to look forward to over the next couple of weeks and months. There's no doubt about it. In particular, now that Lady Ivana uh, is uh, recognised as the full sister to the boom horse, uh, boom horse of New Zealand harness racing in Akuta. Really appreciate the time this morning. Continued success and uh, good luck on the weekend as well with those two runners. Thank you, Chris. I'll talk to you soon. There's Jerome Neuenberg joining us. Uh, races uh, LL Cool J, Musculus, and he's got those two fillies that could be headed for the Oaks. Lady Ivana, the full sister to Akuta, and Nina Simone, also a regally bred filly in her own right. Speaking of uh, trainers that are in great form, uh, Gemma Hewitt's arrived in Brisbane, and her strike rate is phenomenal, but comes as no surprise because her form prior to making the trip to Brisbane for this campaign was excellent down there and she's been able to escape the cold weather. It was snowing in her hometown of Bathurst this morning so I'm sure she'll be uh, thriving in the sunshine here in Queensland. She joins us online now. Gemma, appreciate the time. Thanks Chris. Yeah, I'm glad to be up here. Yeah, a bit cold down there this morning. It's a, a bit fresh up here for us uh, Queenslanders but uh, a lot better than what uh, you guys are facing down there at Bathurst at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I got a, quite a few photos this morning of snowfall. Um, it rarely sits at Bathurst. You know, you've only got to go 10 or 15 minutes to find it, but it must have been a pretty big fall to have settled in Bathurst. So you were in no rush to go home then? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the campaign has started well. Uh, let's talk about Tuesday firstly. The big fella stepped out on Tuesday. The three-year-old cashed up. He was able to go... 54-4, uh, that was his first run since March, since being Group 1 placed in the Bathurst feature during their carnival down there. You must have been thrilled with that. He put a huge gap on his rivals. Yeah, it was, you know, it was an easy enough race for him. Um, he's been in, racing in really good company this season as a three-year-old, been in the New South Wales Derby and Bathurst, um, but he hadn't actually won a race. So that was a three-year-old maiden race and um yeah i was a little bit worried about how he'd handled the trip up and and everything like that but i was really impressed with the way he went one thing that stood out for me on tuesday he's a good style of horse he's a lovely big strong fella yeah he's a big boy and he just keeps growing he's actually hard to keep weight on um he's going to be a monster i think at four yeah 
So are we looking at all the Derby features up here over the next uh, two months or so? Yeah, that was the aim of the whole trip, really, Chris. Um, you know, I bred and owned him myself, and I felt that um, with his performance in the New South Wales Derby and the Bathurst Chalice that, you know, he earned himself a trip to Queensland to have a go at the Derbies up here. So then, yeah, I just brought the rest of my team with me and come for a trip. Okay, so will he come to Redcliffe and then the South East and then Queensland Derby, all three? Yes, yeah, that's the plan at this stage. Okay. Well, he looked very good there. Let's hope this good form continues on the weekend. You've got a number of runners on Saturday night. Cash is back, which is the half-brother to Cash, Dub. Uh, he starts in the first race, but he's got a bad draw. And just looking at it, you've been uh, dealt a few cruel draws over the past uh, couple of days. Here's one on Saturday night with Cash's back. A last start winner. He was able to take out the consolation of that regional, the state regional championship series down there in Sydney. His form reads very well. How does he measure up here? Yeah, he had sort of got to a point in his career where I thought he, he had sort of stumbled at Bathurst, but um, that Tab Championship series really helped him and he flourished through that series and he's travelled up here really well. Um, the barrier's not too kind, but, you know, it's a long trip and he seems to have trained on really well up here and he's feeling good. So, yeah, um, you know, even if he doesn't get into the race this week, I'm sure he'll do a good job while we're up here. Okay, so there was a stage there where he sort of looked like he was just starting to taper, but he's got the fire in the eye again? Yeah, he did. He sort of was running nice races every week, but not really picking up any money. And I gave him a month freshen up, and he came back from that really well. And, yeah, he's really enjoyed the trip up here. And it's been two weeks since he's had a race start now. So, yeah, I expect him to go well Saturday night. Okay, I've got to ask this mare, Laughing Lily, because you bred uh, both Cash's back and Cashed up. Uh, she's a mare by Mac Three. Is there any more on the way through? Has she got any more foals at foot? Um, yeah, so the two-year-old this year was um, absolutely no good at all. She was a filly by Caribbean Blaster, and she done a lot of things wrong. And she's actually been retired already, so that was a shame. And then. Um, I've broken in a Tintin colt this year, yearling, and he goes really, really nice. He just does everything well. And then I had a Lazarus foal that she slipped um, with about two months to go. So, yeah, it's, it's been pretty a bit unlucky, but she's back in foal to Sweet Lou now, so we'll see what happens there. Okay, fingers crossed. Uh, race three on Saturday night, Kiang Cruiser. Now, this is a special horse for you for an obvious reason. He provided you with your uh, first Group 1 win, and that was recently at Bathurst, taking out the uh, the Western final down there of the TAB uh, Regional Championship. Uh, he, his form since being under your care is extraordinary. 12 starts. Uh, he's only missed the place, what, three times. Two of those occasions he's run fourth. So he's been a great find for the stable. Yeah, he's been a really nice boy and a bit of a surprise package, really. You know, we bought him aiming for a couple of races and in particular that TAB championship. And, you know, it was six months out and it's a long way to make a plan. But, yeah, you know, it all paid off and he got there in the end and he just keeps surprising me. Yeah, I think he's going to be a pretty nice horse. OK, he's got a second line draw here on Saturday night. He's meeting good opposition. There's no slouches here, but uh, as I said, his form lines look great. And obviously, there's a few nice targets coming up over the next month or so. Yeah, it's definitely a step up in grade for him on Saturday night. You know, he's done a big job the last month and earned a lot of money, but got to keep in mind that was an up to 70 series. So, um, you know, he's really going to find his feet here in this race versus some nice opposition, but I've got no doubts that he'll be able to step up.
Okay. And in race six on Saturday night, Kiang Marvin steps out. Uh, he blew the clock apart last Saturday night. He ran fourth. It was only his, what, uh, fifth race start in his career, and uh, he, he went exceptionally well. You must have been thrilled with his effort. Yeah, I think he went under the radar a bit last Saturday night. Uh, his run was off the planet, really. He drew seven, uh, went back to last, and he made up a stack of ground to get fourth. So I was wrapped with his run. And, um, yeah, in time, I think, you know, he's probably going to be a nicer horse than Cruiser. But um, as you said, he's only had the five starts, and he's only just getting started in his career. So they're your three runners on Saturday night. Uh, at this early stage, which one are you most keen on? Um, probably Kian Cruiser from the draw. You know, he's going to get a nice run through there, two on the second row. Um, but I've got no doubts that Kian Marvin will do a pretty nice job too. All right, well, we'll watch uh, with interest uh, all three of your runners. They all look like they've got terrific chance. They're all here in really good form. So you're based here at the moment. How many did you bring up? Yeah, so I bought five up of my own and then I'm just caring for two of Dad's at the moment. He hopes to get up here um, next month, so he's just sent two up for the time being. It's Voodoo Lou, who's also in Saturday night, and um, Better Jewel, who's racing tomorrow night, but she's going to target the Oaks while she's up here as well. Okay. Are you based uh, down the Tweed with the rest of the, uh, the colony from uh, Bathurst, or are you a little bit closer to Brisbane? No, I'm a little bit closer to Brisbane. I'm out at Jack and Tara Butler's at Logan Village. Um, you know, I, I love the place out here and they've got great facilities, the sand track, the swim, the walker, and, um, yeah, I can stay here. And I've just had success here before and I enjoy staying out here, so it works for me. It's like they've got their own little city down at Tweed, though. Those uh, those regulars that come up each and every year from Bathurst, Chris Frisby, uh, Phoebe Betts, Monica Betts, uh, Scotty Hewitt's down there, uh, Dean Sanofskis down there, John Bazirio down there. So I was just wondering if you were sort of in line with the rest of them or you've come a little bit closer to town, which you have. But uh, they've got their own little community down there. Yeah, definitely. It's a good little setup. Chris Frisby created it a few years ago, you know, when Tweed track shut down and... They enjoy coming up for the few months to get away from the Bathurst winter. And um, Dad will base himself down there at Tweed when he comes up here as well. Um, he likes to be a bit closer to the beach and have a break. I think that's the idea of it for all of them. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, it's great to have you here. Good luck on Saturday night with those three runners uh, and good luck with Cashed Up as well as he pushes towards the Derby features in the next month or so. But I really appreciate the time this morning. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Gemma Hewitt joining us, so uh, three excellent chances there. Cash is back, race one, number seven. Kiang Cruiser, race three, number nine. And then we've got little Kiang Marvin, race six, number four. So three excellent chances and cashed up. He was most impressive, won by over 30 metres on Tuesday, clocking 54-4. Joining us now, speaking of cold weather, uh, Gemma's escaped the, uh, the snow at Bathurst this morning. Uh, it was almost snowing at Cambridge last Sunday, but she's back in the warmth of Brisbane now. Brittany Graham, fresh off a win last night at Recliffe as well. She's online with us now. Brittany, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm well. You survived New Zealand? Yeah, it actually wasn't that bad, to be honest. Um, I was probably setting myself up for it to be much worse. And despite the fact that it was a little bit drizzly and rainy, um, I think that probably kept the, the cool away a little bit. So, you know, Cambridge was beautiful. It's a pity it's uh, so cool because I could see myself perched up there, but I don't think I could deal with the weather. 
this uh, this plane load of horses that touch down tomorrow are crucial for the carnival in so many ways. But just good to see that uh, you know they, they've confirmed their trip. Krug, he was beaten there last Sunday. Uh, he just you know beat himself basically, just wanting to switch off and beat EJ was able to fight back. But copy that, uh, he's here for the Rising Sun. Ray Green's confirmed the trip. So this uh, this arrival tomorrow with a plane load of horses is going to be very very important. Yeah, it's a, pretty, uh, it's a pretty valuable plane load of horses coming across, but I must say I was a little bit worried on Sunday when they all seemed to be uh, getting rolled that I thought it might have been an opportunity for Connections to sort of change their mind. But La Rosa was basically the only one that's not coming that was touted as coming. So uh, that's good news because uh, if they do all come or those who are all planning to come to Queensland, uh, it could be something pretty special, I think, over the next month to six weeks. Well, we're seeing it now too, Brittany, just in the last week with the, this influx of horses from New South Wales. Uh, they're good quality horses. That three-year-old race we've got on Saturday night at Albion Park is is spectacular in so many ways, and it's only going to get deeper uh, as we get closer to the Tab Constellation. So there's a lot to look forward to. I know we've been spruiking it for some time now about how strong this carnival is, but we're starting to see it now. And uh, when you look at these fields on Saturday night, uh, they're loaded with depth. Yeah, and I think that's the other great thing about the fact that this direct Auckland to Brisbane flight has come when it has, and also the fact that the Redcliffe meeting is a few weeks before, uh, you know, the official Albion Park Carnival gets underway, because we're going to see quite a few of these horses bob up in races even before the carnival, which has to be good for uh, all aspects. And by the sounds of it, a lot of them are going to be heading to Redcliffe as well. So for that club... Uh, they could, you know, be in for one of the best meetings I've ever had. You know, if Crew goes to a derby and if potentially Spankham goes to a cup and then there's obviously Oaks Phillies as well, that could be a, a pretty serious night to officially kickstart it all. Yeah, absolutely. They've got a feature night coming up tomorrow week. That's the patrons' purse race night, and then they've got that big cup meeting as well uh, a few weeks later, I think the Saturday week after. So uh, a lot to look forward to, not only at Albion Park, but also at Redcliffe. And there could be a big news story next week as well. We'll wait and see about an arrival, a possible arrival of a, a big-name horse. So we'll keep that uh, close to the chest, see how the, the weekend pans out, but it's uh, looking good. Find us a winner for the weekend, Brittany. What have you come up with? Uh, that The trotter last week, he was on his worst behaviour there at Cambridge, so can we bounce back? Uh, to be honest, just watching the race live, I'm not sure if he was going to be in the finish either. It looked like he was on tired legs, but uh, that was my own fault for picking a two-year-old trotter, to be fair. But Menangle on Saturday night, race four, number seven, Rock and Roll Angel. She's first up from a break. She's a mare that's capable of running really good time. And she's in a strong race as well. So it's not going to be easy. Of course, it's better in force uh, returning. I must say I wasn't wowed by her trial against King of Swing, mind you, last week. So it might be an opportunity for Rock and Roll Angel, who might go around at a little bit of a price uh, to get one back on better in force. So race four, number seven at Menangle on Saturday night, Rock and Roll Angel. And who knows, she might be a mare that we see in Queensland as well uh, for the Golden Girls, that Group 1 feature. Yeah, well, that race uh, carries significant interest for Queensland because there's a number of mares in that race that could easily make their way up for a race like the, the Group 1 Golden Girl. But we'll take the tip. Race 4, number 7, Rock and Roll Angel. Brittany, as always, appreciate the time. We'll see you on the TV uh, across the weekend. Thanks, Chris.
There's Brittany Graham from Sky Racing joining us. So race four, number seven, Rock and Roll Angel, the best bet on the program. Let's focus on tomorrow night over in the West, Gloucester Park. 11 races. It's a massive program and it's loaded with talent as well. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of class stepping out. Chicago Bull goes around. He's looking to bounce back. Laverage Joe steps out and there's a number of other quality performers. Matty Young, he's been on the sick list this week, but he's been able to fight back and he's online with us now. Matty, appreciate the time. Good morning to you, Chris. Been a rough week for you. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been a very quiet week. Haven't really been doing much, so I'm uh, feeling a little bit better and excited to get back to work. Okay, well, as I said, this is a great card of racing coming through tomorrow night. Uh, firstly, Chicago Bull, your thoughts on him being uh, knocked over last week? Well, I know Steve would be pretty happy, but uh, he was very disappointing. So, uh, look. Um, they said he got a little bit keen in front. He's just that wasn't the Chicago Bull of old. He should have been able to put them away by a big space, and he wasn't able to do so. Mm. So I think there's alarm bells there just a little bit. Matt, what was what was the sectional breakdown of that race when he really did put a gap in them when he went for him? Fair way out. Yeah, so he's he sprinted home pretty quick. But the last half wasn't too bad, but at the same time, it was um, like he's a horse who can. The, he can run those low sectionals uh, pretty pretty easily. Uh, they went 28, 28-4 into the bell and 28-5 and 28-3. Like the normal Chicago Bull, he'd be uh, 20, 28 and a bit into the bell, 27-something down the back and high 27s home. So I think he's just, uh, just below his best at this stage. This is a tough ask again tomorrow night too, isn't it? Because he's got the outside draw and this... You know, this is a significantly stronger race than what he faced last week because you've got Patronus Star, Mighty Conqueror, the Cup winner. He's back in action. So this is a really tall order again. Yeah, look, I don't know how he wins. Uh, if you can't lead and win against that field, um, how do you, to, from barrier nine, and win the race? As you mentioned, Mighty Conqueror, likely to be in the breeze, I would say, Mighty Conqueror. I think Ideal Liner will lead and give him a really good sight. So it's going to be hard once they put the tempo into the race if he's unable to break the clock like we've seen him do in previous seasons. Uh, it makes it nearly mathematically impossible for him to come from last and win the race. And yeah, I think he's a bit of a risk again, but uh, I think the bookmakers will start to realise that and you'll probably get a bit better odds about Chicago Bull this week. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the feature there tomorrow night is race six. It's the Group 1 two-year-old Pearl Classic, uh, a very strong field. Uh, just speaking of two-year-olds, um, Monday at Pinjarra, we all know that Justin Prentice is a, a world-class horseman, but he's, has, he, has he found another potential star with uh, Tricky Mickey? Because he couldn't have been any more impressive winning on Monday afternoon. Yeah, look, um, I went against him in that race, uh, back to back the uh, leaders and uh, I just thought um, he he's going to have to be good to win that race and uh, yeah he, he's good and he's very good uh, he broke the clock truly amazing to come from last at the 800 metre mark and he just put a space on them he switched off again when he went to the front but then dropped into another gear late so he is very smart tricky Mickey and uh, yeah Justin Prentice he, he certainly knows how to get the best out of the juveniles yeah, there's no doubt about that. He's got his derby winner stepping out tomorrow night there as well, Mighty Ronaldo. What is the best bet on the program tomorrow night, Matt? We have to be a little bit patient. Race 10, number 7, Armour Einstein. 
This horse has been pretty luckless in his last few. He's been racing stronger opposition. He's very versatile, and this is a very suitable race for him. So I think race 10, number 7, Armour Einstein, looks the best of the night. Colin Brown and Colin Brown trains and drives, and hopefully he's around about the $354 mark. Okay, we'll take the tip with race 10, number 7, Armour Einstein. Matt, as always, really appreciate it. Uh, great to hear that you're back up and uh, moving again, and uh, we'll be chatting again next week. No worries, Chris, all the best.